0: WDBM East Lansing.
1: Welcome to The Sci-Files, an Impact 89 FM series focusing on student research here at Michigan State University. We're your co-hosts Chelsea Boudou
0: and Daniel Puentes.
1: Most people diagnosed with lung cancer are 65 or older, and there are over a quarter million new cases of lung cancer every year in men and women. To tell us more about lung cancer, we're here with Matt Swatnicki today. Matt, can you please tell our audience about your research, please?
2: Hi, my name is Matt Swatnicki, and I do lung cancer research in the Andracek lab at MSU. I got started on this project a few years ago when I joined the lab and just wanted to give a shout out to John Renhack, who is currently doing research at the Broad Institute and he originally found the mutation we're going to talk about and I've done the work characterizing it since he left.
0: Nice to meet you, Matt. I always get X-Men vibes whenever I hear about things like mutant genes. What's so special about this
2: one? Nice to meet you, too. Within our bodies, we have thousands of genes that act as a blueprint to tell your cells what to do. The reason cancer usually occurs is because genes can become mutated and these mutant genes then cause the cell to grow too much. Usually, the cells within our body are very controlled when it comes to how much they grow. And when you have a mutation in a gene, in certain genes, it can cause the cell to grow too fast, and that's how a tumor forms. Our gene is cool because we believe that mutations in our gene, which is something wrong with the blueprint, causes the cell to grow too fast within lung cancer, and and lung cancer tumors can form. So when we have mutations within our gene, which is like something wrong with the blueprint, it can cause the cells to grow too quickly. We believe the mutation we found in our gene is interesting because it can lead the cells within the lung to grow uncontrollably and form a tumor.
1: It makes sense that since you're studying cancer, you're focusing on a mutation that causes the cells to grow uncontrollably to then form a tumor. However, there are many mutations that can do that. It could be metabolically, it can be growth factors, and even in different areas of the body. There are so many pathways involved in a cell, especially when cells are stressed. Are you focusing on a specific pathway with this mutation, or are you only focusing
2: on a certain gene? We are focusing on a specific pathway with this mutation. That pathway is controlled by a protein called EGFR. It's the epidermal growth factor receptor. And basically what that pathway does is control cellular growth. The reason we're focusing on this pathway is because we have some bioinformatics analysis that suggests that our gene mutation regulates the EGFR pathway. So what's really interesting about our gene mutation is that it occurs in a subset of lung cancer patients that are not currently treated with an existing FDA-approved therapy. But if our gene mutation does regulate the EGFR protein like we think it does, then those patients with our gene mutation can be treated with a currently existing therapy.
0: That's rough that lung cancer patients with this mutation can undergo targeted therapy for their cancer. How was this gene discovered in lung cancer patients in the first place?
2: Actually, within our lab, we completed whole genome sequencing on some mouse tumors. What that means is we harvested tumors from some mice and we sequenced the entire genome of the tumor. When we did that, we found mutations within our gene, which is called PTPRH. In order to determine whether this gene mutation was relevant to human cancers, we looked at data from large human databases online that have genome sequencing data from thousands of human tumors. And when we did that, we found that 5% of lung cancer tumors had a mutation in PTPRH.
1: I can imagine that's a lot of data to sift through whenever you're sequencing these mouse tumors. And then after that, you're comparing these databases, and that's a lot of data to go through but I'm glad that you were able to find a correlation that 5% of the lung cancer tumors had this mutation of the PTPRH gene. Now to focus on the PTPRH gene, whenever you realize that there was this mutation, what happened after, and how do you target it within your treatments?
2: Well, that's where it starts to get interesting. When we find a mutation like this that's potentially impactful, we start to look at the literature, other scientific papers, in order to determine what this gene might do. And when we analyze some of the literature, we realize that it can regulate that previously mentioned protein called EGFR. So after we analyzed the literature and realized that PTPRH might be affecting the EGFR protein, we look at the tumors in order to find whether EGFR was more active within tumors that had a PTPRH mutation. And in fact, when we analyzed mouse tumors that had a mutation in PTPRH, we did find that EGFR was more active in those tumors. And what's really interesting is through a cool technique called CRISPR, which allows you to edit genes, we removed the PTPRH gene from some human lung cancer cells, and we were able to see an increase in active EGFR within those human cells when we knocked out PTPRH.
0: So then just to clarify, you saw how knocking out the mutated gene caused the growth factor to be more active. How does a study like this inform human patient treatments for lung cancer? Cause the growth factor to be more active?
2: Yeah, that's correct. PTPRH is usually responsible for turning off EGFR, which tells the cells to stop growing. But when PTPRH becomes mutated it can no longer turn off EGFR, and therefore the cells can grow uncontrollably. Our study is sort of like a pilot study in order to determine whether treating human lung cancers with mutations in PTPRH would be successful. Because from examining the literature, We know that lung cancer patients who have a disruption to EGFR can be treated successfully with currently FDA-approved therapies. So we made the logical jump that if a mutation in PTPRH causes EGFR to be more active in lung cancer tumors, these tumors would benefit from the currently approved FDA therapy. That therapy is called a tyrosine kinase inhibitor. So that tyrosine kinase inhibitor, otherwise called a TKI, inhibits EGFR. In order to investigate this further within our studies, we are treating human cell lines that have a mutation in PTPRH with the TKIs, and we have seen a significant response to that treatment within the human cell lines.
1: The FDA-approved treatment of the tyrosine kinase inhibitor, also known as TKI, can also inhibit EGFR, which is what your research is focused on. If that's already established by the FDA, and if it's working, how is your research adding on to that to help target the PTPRH mutations?
2: The reason our research would be significant is because patients with PTPRH mutations aren't currently being treated with tyrosine kinase inhibitors but we believe they would benefit from this treatment. So our research is trying to show that patients with a PTPRH mutation would benefit from TKIs.
0: It's great that this technique has been shown to work with that TKI treatment you mentioned earlier. Are there other cancers that this gene can affect? And do they have target specific treatment for these cancers based off of this mutation?
2: We actually do see this mutation present in other cancers when analyzing the human data. This mutation is also present in some melanoma skin cancer tumors, as well as some colorectal tumors. There are not any existing therapies targeting this specific gene or this family of genes, however, the reason there aren't really treatments for this specific gene or this kind of family of genes is it's difficult to develop treatments for them.
1: I recall that you had mentioned that you're studying this with a mouse model. Like you had said, you're sequencing the tumors of the lung. You had also mentioned that you're using CRISPR to edit the genes to get rid of or knock out the PTP-RH gene. However, could you please tell us more about the techniques you're using in the laboratory? For example, how are you observing an increase in the activity of EGFR?
2: scientists analyze protein is through a method called Western blotting. And what that basically does is allows us to visualize the amount of protein on a membrane. So we can run out a protein sample. We can take a sample from a tumor and extract all the protein in that tumor. We can then run this sample out on a gel and it separates out the proteins by size. After we harvest all the protein from a tumor, we need to be able to locate our specific protein of interest, which in this case is EGFR, because we want to determine whether there is more of that within PTPRH mutated tumors. In order to do this, we use an antibody, which is basically something that allows us to target specifically EGFR. When we run a Western blot using an antibody specific to EGFR, this allows us to determine whether there is more active EGFR within PTPRH mutant tumors.
0: Yeah, I remember learning about Western blot whenever I was a chemistry undergrad. It sounds like it's really difficult to do in practice. Something I'm confused about is that if TKI is already FDA-approved, why does there need to be more
2: testing on it? FDA therapies are typically only approved for specific mutations, and there is no currently approved FDA therapy for the mutation we found in PTPRH.
1: That makes sense, since the mutation needs its own approval process. Speaking of the approval process, can you please explain to our listeners what that process would be to get the treatment approved by the FDA for this specific mutation?
2: In order to get approval from the FDA, drugs usually need to go through a series of clinical trials. These clinical trials determine the safety and efficacy of the drugs. Since this drug is already approved by the FDA, we don't really have to show that the drug is safe. We just need to show that it is effective in treating PTPRH mutant tumors. In order to start doing that, we first need to do a mouse study that shows it's effective in treating mouse tumors with the mutation. And after that, there would need to be a human clinical trial to show that the drug is effective at treating PTPRH mutations. In order to get this treatment approved by the FDA, we still have a lot of work to do. We need to do a complete mouse study and a human trial, and sometimes that stuff takes uh, a few years to do. So there is still a lot of work ahead of us in order to get this approved by the FDA.
0: It sounds like this FDA approval process will take longer than what it is for a PhD. Are you expected to have done all of this for your PhD, or do you plan to do more work on this mutation for a postdoc? And if not, what do you plan to do after you're done with your doctorate?
2: Unfortunately, I won't be able to see this project to completion within my PhD. Other graduate students in the lab will finish up this work. After I graduate, I am hoping to do a postdoc or work in industry in the cancer-related field. I would like to continue research on either cancer prevention or broad cancer therapies.
1: Well, that sounds great, Matt. Good luck on your research and the future of this project. Thanks for being on the Sci-Files.
2: Thanks for having me. It was great to talk with you guys. The Sci-Files is
0: hosted by Chelsea Voodoo and Daniel Puentes on Impact 89FM. Thank you to our News Director, Taylor Halterman, Program Director, Amber Konutsky, Station Manager, Joe Dandrin, and General Manager, Jeremy Whiting.
1: The SciFiles can be found online on Sci-Files.org and on your favorite podcast directory. If you're an MSU student and want to be featured on SciFiles, or if you have any questions, you can contact us at SciFiles at impact89fm.org.
0: Thanks for
2: listening, and remember, the truth is in the science.